I should have thought of opening line before we clicked live. <laughs> so we'll just go with Metroid Prime. That's what I got today on. Welcome to another episode of Press Me to Cancel, your favorite retro podcast. This week, we got a special episode. We're going to be talking about Metroid Prime. Now, this is a game that's been in the media last little bit because it got a re-release, or actually a remaster, on the Nintendo Switch. Do you need to buy it? No, because there's other ways to play Metroid Prime, which we're going to talk about, and we're also going to talk about the game itself. So, not alone. No, I'm joined by my two friends. Sinistar, how are you doing this week? I'm doing swell. By the way, nailed that entry. Well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had everything lined up. Audio check, video check, no opening line. Hey, the phrase is <laughs> any landing you can walk away from is a success. Sure. Uh, in the school of launch pad. Uh, Werewolf, how are you doing this week, sir? Stressing because I forgot my top 100 nomination again. <laughs> Clearly, we're all on top of that. Mm. Do you know... And like we said just 15 minutes ago, wow, we're ready early. We got so much time to spare. We're good to go. You want to start early? Well, I roll back time. I'm now unsure we actually landed this this thing. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we all be opening the spreadsheet of top 100 at the end of this episode. Yep. (laughs) God. Yep. All right. Okay. So we're going to talk about Metroid Prime. So this was this is an important game. This is um like I love the Metroid franchise. It's one of my favorite franchises, but I'm more of a diehard 2D fan, right? And I love that Metroid platforming. But and for the longest while after the Super Nintendo uh, Super Metroid came out, uh, I think when did Metroid Zero Mission come out? That was that was after Prime, wasn't it? Mm, that's uh, it was around the same time. I don't know okay. how far off it was actually. You know what? I think did Fusion come before Zero Mission? I think you're right. Let me look at the timeline. Because um, Metroid Prime was 2002. Okay, uh, Metroid was ni- uh, 86. Metroid right. Two was 91. Super Metroid was 94. Fusion and Prime were 2002. Okay, Zero Mission, Zero Mission 2004. 2004. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we had a real gap between super metroid on the snes versus yeah. uh, metroid prime which was the gamecube and when i was reading and doing some research for this episode i said you know with no hint of lie my voice <laughs> this game they originally nintendo originally wanted to do an n64 metroid but they had trouble finding anybody who thought they could capture it in fact they actually there was an interview with co-creator of metroid he uh didn't name the studio, but he reached out to an American studio to help with development if they right. wanted to do it. And they turned him down, basically saying they didn't think they could capture it properly, that it wouldn't live up to Super Metroid's legacy. And that's a strong thing because Super Metroid is one of arguably the best on the Super Nintendo. And not finding somebody who's willing to take that challenge on for the N64 is pretty telling of the system. So we didn't yeah. get a Metroid for years. And it really wasn't until the GameCube came out. And of course, Nintendo famously partnered with an American company, Retro Studios. Yep. It, I believe it had, it had one of the co-founders, Iguana Entertainment. And I only know Iguana as the company that did Turok. So they had a little bit of pedigree when it came to first-person shooters on Nintendo hardware. And uh, they came up with Metroid Prime, which is, I mean, we'll talk about its legacy, but it's, it's considered one of the best games in the GameCube. It's considered a fan favorite uh, across the board for most people except for me, <laughs> but we'll get into that. Um, but I've, I always had trouble trying to place it in the story, the timeline. So we broke down when the games came Between out. one and two. Is it one and two? Do you want to break down a bit of the story then, Sinistar, of Metroid Prime? Because it is a bit unique in where it's, it takes place. Yeah, basically, um, spoiler warning, right? Like Samus was was raised <laughs> by, I can't remember the name of the, the, the creatures. Chozo. The Chozo. Chozo. Um, <laughs> yes. And then like, uh, in order for, uh, Samus to survive on the planet with where the Chozo were, um, they had to, you know, add some of their DNA. And so it actually made her kind of super powered, 
which is why she can jump as much as she can and has, you know, the stamina, et cetera, et cetera. And then I guess there was this, um, what's the, what's the sentient chemical called that's in Metroid Prime? I'm blanking on the names, but. Oh, um, uh, Phozon? Phrazon? Yeah. Pho- yeah. Phazon. 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 And there's actually like a planet that's, once again, spoiler alerts, because if you haven't played Metroid Prime, you don't know this. <laughs> it's but, been 21 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Go there's a planet we'll that's, basically, that's basically 100% phase on. And I think it's called like phase something. Planet I can't remember. Phase. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, anyway, it, it, it basically grows these, um, asteroids, meteors, whatever. And after a hundred years, they're, you know, mature and it releases them. And they go and basically collide with other planets, and then they start to convert the planet over, basically cloning the the phase planet. Uh, so basically, the story is: is Samus is now done with with um, Metroid One. Uh, she's defeated the you know the Mother Brain, uh, which was you know controlling the space pirates. Um, She's looking for, but some of the ships got away. Some of the space pirate ships got away. And so she's actually kind of out flying around and she comes upon this planet, which has been impacted by a phase on asteroid and also has a space pirate ship around it. So she stops at the ship. Well, it looks like the space pirates on the ship are attempting to mutate, um, you know, themselves or other creatures using chemical X phase on, you don't know this at this right. point. Um, you end up fighting. I can't remember prime, the whatever something prime, um, you defeat it. And then funny enough, we now run into a repeat, uh, offender in the series who is often misnamed, uh, in this, but Ripley is now, now everybody says Mecca Ripley, but meta Ripley. Yes. Ridley. You're, you're Ridley, misnaming you're right, him. You're right. You're Ridley. right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, Sigourney I had, Weaver. I, well, <laughs> what's funny Weaver's is like Metroid. <laughs> a couple days ago, I watched like an Easter egg thing on aliens. So it's like in the brain. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, Ridley. Um, but yeah, it's Meta Ridley who's been revived by these space pirates and now is kind of mechanized and more powerful. And uh, as you, as the ship is being you know, blown apart by you taking out this, this, um, this creature, not, not Ridley. Ridley escapes and flies down to the planet. So Samus chases Ridley down to the planet. And that's kind of, so, that's actually the very intro, but basically it's like yeah. after Metroid one, after, she, after Sarah, Samus has defeated the mother brain, you know, the, the space pirates, some of their ships, you know, are off in the wind. Samus is chasing him down, ends up here. Yeah. So I, I love this. So the thing with uh, with Metroid was, I mean, my exposure originally was the 2D games, and they were mm-hmm. very, very alien, very fantastical, and it really felt like it was just Samus was the only, like, last bastion of civilization, it felt like. You never saw any other NPCs, really, in the 2D Metroid games. And uh, although they mention space pirates, I guess, in some of the later games, they don't really expand on it. Like, in the manual for Metroid, it probably, I think it says that... Um, uh, Craig and Ripley are space pirates and the mother brain is the leader of the space pirates, but it's not like you see <laughs> their pirate ships. You don't see them go R matey or, or it just, they're just aliens, right? Cre- yeah. Crazy creatures. It's not until this game, not until prime where you actually see another station, another ship, an actual yeah. elements of a civilization. So that's kind of neat how they kind of dive into the more, realistic or the more civilized side of Metroid's universe, which you haven't seen to this point. Well, we haven't gotten to the civilization that's on this planet yet. Well, that's anyway, the whole right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so I, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in super Metroid, you do start off on a space station, just like in Metroid yeah. prime. Yeah, you're right. Yes. You see dead humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. You yeah. do. Okay. That's true. Actually, that's interesting how it's a lot of parallels. And to Metroid, in the intro, Metroid, she yeah. interacts with the scientists as she's telling the story. Right. So. Okay. Well, that's true. But outside of all that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it this is, it really wasn't until Prime that you started to see a sort of greater universe. Yeah. 
that right, existed yeah. instead right. of just these, you know, very contained stories. Microcosms. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. kind of a macro, macro, uh, you know, universe versus the microcosms. Yeah. So and, it turns out on the, pl- sorry. Um, go ahead. I was just gonna say the other part of this I like is that I'm a big smash brothers fan. And when they added Ridley to smash, it was great, but there's a, there's a mecha Ridley skin, I believe in that one, or I've seen elements of mecha Ridley in other games. And I never quite understood the origins of that. I always knew Ridley from super Metroid. I didn't realize there was a, there's a cyborg version that was part of a larger story. And it is. And this is the game where mecha Ridley shows up, right? Meta. <laughs> Meta? Meta. All right, Zuckerberg. Okay. <laughs> Look, it was yeah, meta it before meta Zuckerberg Ridley. was meta. <laughs> True. Metroid book. Yeah. Oh, so and I want to... Go ahead. There is a Mecha Ridley, but that's in Zero Mission. Yes, yes. Okay, but that's the same as the Ridley <laughs> in this, though. No, right? no. No? Mecha Ridley is a robot designed yeah. in Ridley's image. All right. right. Because he's like, I can do this, so I will. So, yeah. So in no, Prime, meta, meta it's not Ridley. Mecha, it's Meta, and it's, it's still right, a cyborg. Because it's actually Ridley. It's not a robot, it's a cyborg, right? Okay. Right. and it's, it's actually Ridley, but he has cybernetic enhancements to help yes. him heal okay. from their first okay. battle in the first game. And then eventually it becomes... Mecha Ridley, an actual <laughs> robot. Well, or creates yes. Mecha Ridley, but yeah. All right. Is right. there is there is this like contained in the lore of Metroid somewhere? Do I have to read an item description have, to find this? You have to read item descriptions. Yeah. Uh, okay. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. We we so a couple points that I wanted to bring up is first off, I love uh, I love Metroid Prime. I love this one that came out on the GameCube. Uh, my roommate and I played this, but I also want to point out that this. You know, being a, a first person and and Nintendo was very sorry, don't sue us, Nintendo, was very um poignant in not saying this was a first person shooter. Yes, it has shooter elements, but it is a first person adventure. Uh, because it, most of the game, the vast majority of the game is simply exploration with occasional pockets of, you know some sort of, you know, enemy to shoot or kill or whatever. But the, this kind of did what Elden Ring did before Elden Ring, where in order to get the story, it wasn't really fed to you. You had to scan and you had to scan Uh, everything and you had to scan everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You had to scan everything. So, (laughs) I did this in three games in a row. I streamed all three of these back to back and oh my God, I got sick of scanning. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that initially put me off of this game. Cause I had it for the GameCube and I never finished it, mm. but the amount of scanning was a bit much that. And then the controls, which we'll get to, yeah. but there's definitely a lot to like about this title. And it's interesting. You said it's a first person shooter that doesn't feel like a first person shooter, which is, which I think is on the mark because when they were first developing this game, Retro Studio was originally considering this a third-person game, yeah. uh, but Nintendo became very hesitant to do that further because of after they developed it, uh, a ton. <laughs> yeah, well, there was um, where did um, was it Jet Gemini, Jet Force Gemini? Mm-hmm. I think they did, which a lot of people seem to like that game, but I guess Nintendo felt that the the camera controls and the shooting were not very intuitive and a bit clunky, so they're kind of hesitant to have their baby, their Metroid go in that direction. So they told Retro to change it to first person game. And that was that was kind of a thing. Nintendo basically gave the directive to Retro and made them do everything. Like I was even reading <clears throat> the Retro, it took them six months just to get them to pass a level or a level past Nintendo's inspection, their watchful eye. And then once they got through level one, they had like a year left to finish the rest of the game. Nintendo was oh very, gosh. very controlling with their their IP. They always yeah. are but they were particularly hard with, with Retro Studios. So this was originally a third-person game, but when they were forced to make it a first-person game, they had to take the opportunity of, of saying, well, it's Nintendo, we're doing first-person, but we don't want to feel like that. What makes a first-person genre? And they tried to break it apart to capture the Metroid essence. So I think that's, maybe that's a good segue into what makes us different than other first-person shooters? Maybe the abilities and, and, yeah. the, and the skills? What do you guys t- think about that? Oh, definitely. Um, 
That's interesting you bring all that up because I never really thought of it as a true first-person shooter because first-person shooters are usually fast, frenzied, you know, jumping out of the way of bullets constantly, big explosions, throwing grenades, whatever have you. And this is not so much like that shirt. Like you said, it has pockets of that, but it's mostly exploration and puzzles finding secrets, right? Like it's, and you know, there's lots of backtracking. You're like, oh, now I can go solve this puzzle that I saw earlier. So you head back, you shoot a couple of guys on the way, and then you get there and you spend 20 minutes solving a puzzle. <laughs> right. So it, instead of just like running around shooting things, you're platforming your, I think you get the gravity beam in this one. So you like, you know, Indiana Jones your way you across numerous bits. You get the grapple beam. Oh, yeah. You get the grapple beam for sure. Do you get motion sick with that at all? Because that seems like an odd move in a first person game. I do not. Okay. I I know people. It doesn't zoom the camera out at all, right? It's it's literally swinging from the first person view. Mm -hmm. Right. The only time the camera's perspective changes is when you go into morph ball mode. Right. Because I don't think there would be a way to to handle that without. Yeah. Getting you dizzy. You'd, yeah. you'd have a breakdown <laughs> system on your hands, and that would be bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the other thing mechanically I like about this is that it's, you are Metroid, your Samus is in a suit, right? A, a, a body right. suit, and it has that visor. And it's a very immersive visor. Like, you see your reflection in the damn thing. But the visor plays a big part of the gameplay, right? Yes. Yeah. And when... I streamed this game. You saw my reflection in the visor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Pretty good. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I always thought that was super cool because you just see like you get the bright flashes in the darkness. And so you see her face in the reflection of the the helmet. And you're not thinking about that most of the time. But when it pops up, you're like, whoa, oh, yeah. You know, it, it kind of throws you back into it. And it's. I don't know, like on the one hand, it helps things. And on the other hand, it kind of throws away the immersion a little bit because all of a sudden it's not you, it's Samus. Yeah. Right. So it messes with you a little bit, but I always thought that was super cool just the same. And uh, like this was, this game was absolutely rad the first time I played through it. For sure. And unfortunately, I have a fun little story about this actually that I've been waiting for today to tell. Um. I bought Metroid Prime. I bought a GameCube for Metroid Prime. I didn't have a GameCube before then. So as soon as Metroid Prime hit, I went and bought a GameCube. I bought Metroid Prime. And my GameCube died. The one I bought died like a week later. So I had to take it back. So I took it back, exchanged it, got a new one, got home, realized my copy of Metroid was still in the previous console no oh no i had to go back to best buy and they actually managed to dig it out of the console like they went and dug it out of a box and pulled it out of the the console for me and gave it back that's that's good that they found it yeah 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 Yeah. but uh yeah that was died Hmm. yeah like i don't know why i was so glad because i had a silver one too i had the platinum i guess they called it and i was so excited i was like i got the platinum one they were sold out everywhere and then it died. I had to get a black one. <laughs> then start pointing at his shelf. He has a platinum GameCube on his shelf. <laughs> I also have the purple one. I have multiple. I had a purple um, one as a kid. Yeah. My purple okay. one's over there, but I'm not going <laughs> to. My get buddy that. would uh, defend that as it's indigo. Mm, well, fair enough. <laughs> well, you know, I was like, you got the purple one. It's indigo. <laughs> it's purple adjacent. It's fine. <laughs> Except for one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, anyway. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to point out is, is unlike, so both like and unlike, and this kind of differentiates it from a, from a first person shooter, um, where, you know, a lot of it is that Metroid go, you know, find new ability and then you can go do other things like you did in, you know, the 2d Metroid, uh, Metroid games. Um, but I also kind of felt really strange and it makes sense that you can do this except for you lose this ability in super Metroid, but the ability to do the morph ball from minute one felt a little weird. Like you don't have to earn that ability, right? 
So that's and a you trope also don't in have the to... Metroid games, right? Where you lose all your powers at the start of the game. Um, they tend to do yeah. that for all of them. Even Metroid Dread, which is the latest one, the 2D game, they find a reason yeah, and it, like... it kind of works to make you lose everything. They don't really do that in Prime though, right? I guess you're right. They do. In Prime, uh, on the space station, you've got a bunch of abilities and weapons. Right. And you take, like, I think a piece of the space station falls on you as you're escaping or something. And it knocks out your systems. Okay. Because I haven't played in a, I mean, I played the very beginning today while I was doing my quote unquote research. But I haven't played through the game since it came out. And so I had forgotten that you that you lose some abilities. I had forgotten that. Okay. Okay. Well, so you 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 do lose the morph ball. Yeah, I, I believe everything. so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Then it's then it's a Metroid gear game, and I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> now that brings up a point where, yes, this is a Metroid game in name, but it is not a Metroidvania. Well, so there's abilities you unlock that unlock other areas of the map, though, no? I always view Metroidvanias as side-scrollers. Am I... Uh, do we, should we argue the, this? It, so it depends on who in the Metroidvania community you ask as to whether they'd agree <laughs> with that or not. But people sometimes even qualify Link to the Past, stuff like that, as a Metroidvania because progression is blocked by abilities. Secrets mm. are blocked by abilities that you uncover as you go. The difference with Zelda is they're always in like a dungeon. Well, mostly in a dungeon. Some of them are in various places. But uh, surface level, finding abilities and items to let you access new areas is kind of the the base rule for Metroidvania for people. And then mm. everybody has like their own little pockets they dive into as to what further describes mm. it. So yeah, I would say it's a Metroidvania. Okay. Yeah, for, for me, I think I'm I'm with you a degree in that Sinistar on the on the 2D aspect of it, only because I think the best Metroidvanias are the ones that I like the most were 2D. And for me, the, there's backtracking, but it was always fast. Like when I'm going through Symphony of the Night or I'm playing, you know, like like a Metroid, a Super Metroid, traversing the map is pretty quick, right? And I know that when I get a new ability and I have to explore for other routes with that power-up I just gained, it's not a chore to go back and forth across the map. And to capture that spirit of Metroidvanias in 3D, I think was quite difficult. And I think it's it wasn't until, I think, Ocarina of Time where we kind of had that. But even Ocarina of Time, I find it, it doesn't have the same feel or pace to me as a Metroidvania, although I agree that technically it probably is. Like I, I'm trying to think of, of games that have been out recently that could be considered Metroidvanias that are still 3D. I don't think it happens too much. Um, Superland would be one. Or rather two, because it was Superland and Superland six inches under. They're indie. They're not AAA. Mm. Um, not as recently. You, I, From what I understand, you can... Uh, Oh my gosh. What's that one where you play as death from the four horsemen? Oh, um, Oh, uh, darkness. Um, what, what is it? What, what is it? Oh my God. There's like four of them, three or four of them, like three in a spinoff or something. Yeah. And I can't think of what they're called for the life of me right now. I even have these things on steam. They get called Zelda likes actually because of, because of how similar they are in terms of gameplay which i always found funny considering they look nothing alike um, <laughs> that's gonna bug me i know the game you're talking about though but maybe you know what it is is that to make a good metroidvania game it takes a certain element of of world building and level building that is quite tricky to pull off maybe it's easier to do in a td map 2d map versus 3d and that's what when you look at prime and how how the maps are designed Mm-hmm. There's a lot of care and planning in designing these maps, and that's something that's very difficult to do. So when Nintendo didn't sign off in the first level for six months, I think I can see why. Because if they were really pushing Retro Studios to make something that captures the real spirit of Super Metroid, that takes a certain level of design that maybe a lot of companies are not used to doing, right? Nathan M. in our chat says Darksiders, which, yes. Darksiders. Thank you. Yes, that's the Yeah. Point. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of those. Okay, so 
Um, so I never yeah, got far up, in this game. Go ahead. Well, you bring up level level design, and I think I think part of the reason that you run into the quality of level design that you do is because it is a Miyamoto game. I really think that you know uh, if you look at Miyamoto's history, gameplay elements that that what's the concept of of rational. Um, you know, difficulty or whatever, where like you, it trains you as you go, you know, the, all of yes. that, that is like Miyamoto's bread and butter. And right. I feel like that is, that is very much, uh, represented in all of the Metroid games, inc- including the prime games. So yeah, the idea of, of less handholding and tutorials and more just kind of like building on mechanics as you go is definitely, definitely a great design philosophy and Miyamoto is absolutely a champion of that and he's he's been known to push teams on it a lot right he's known to pick out the smallest detail on character designs if it doesn't feel exactly like he wants it to so he, he kind of knows what makes a game great and you can kind of feel his, his imprint on this game yeah now I have a question for you I, I assume you're showing the switch gameplay right this is yes, this is the Switch remastered version. Okay. <laughs> now I, I would like to mention that when I think back on the game when I played it on GameCube and Wii, this is what I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. And so when I go back and actually look at what it looks like, it looks nothing like this. This is way prettier than it was. And I gotta give Nintendo credit for that at least. They didn't just go like, let's up the resolution and ship it out. They didn't do that. They actually did a like retouched a lot of the models and textures and animations and everything, which is great. At least they improved the visuals in a lot of ways. And it wasn't just like slap it together, remaster kind of like what you see with uh final fantasy 10 for, yeah. you know, final fantasy 10 HD remaster. Yeah. All the main characters are pretty, but then you look at NPCs and you're like, Oh yeah, you're an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't give you the time of day when they remastered this. Yeah. 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 Like so this is up there with um Spyro a Reignited Trilogy, where they, mm. they really did above and beyond with some of the work on this. But I'll let you go, Sinistar, but they this is not the only way to play Metroid Prime and not the only people no, who've done a good job of remastering, if you want to go into Yeah, it we'll we'll get to that. But I was gonna touch on on uh Werewolf basically saying, you know, this is how I remember playing it. But you know, you go back and you look at the footage. I do that with television all the time. I go and like, I'll pull up like, uh, oh, what is it? Like Tales from the Crypt. I'm like, as a kid, I was like, this is, this is fantastic television. And now I look at it and I'm like, it's so dark and fuzzy and like, just <laughs> uh, it's ugly. Like, you know? Well, so, yeah. Yeah. The TVs are different nowadays though too, right? Because like the, sure, the CRTs a had a glow of... to them that really enhanced certain things. So yeah. it's like when you play well, retro that... without scan lines, right? It's they look yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. And and there have also been people that have done comparisons that have shown that developers developed for scan lines, right? And so yeah. when you see it on a on a modern L C D without the scan line, you know, uh enhancements, it it, it looks it looks bad. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And like, um, go ahead. GameCube wasn't HD. GameCube was still 480. No, it was even 480i. the Wii was the original Wii was 480i. I don't think we had 720 until you could get the, you the could GameCube. get a 480p. Yeah. You could get right. 480p out of the Wii. Yeah. So when we look yeah. at this as like 3D graphics, but it was 480. I mean, it's still pretty good. It definitely looks better than something like say Turok, and I love Turok, but this is a lot lot better looking. John Turok. Yes, John Turok. You know, related to John Samus, the, the yes. hero yeah. from from Metroid. Uh, it's Martha Samus. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. It is. It is a, a a really attractive game. Like they've done a really good job. And again, it comes down to for me the immersiveness of the visor and the, and the view. Like when you're you're shooting aliens, bugs bug splatter mm-hmm. on your on your visor. Mm-hmm. Water drips off your visor. Mm-hmm. Like there are other games that have done that. I want to say um, Halo, I believe, does it. And I think it was um, Crisis did it. But I think Nintendo really did a, an amazing job with it here where it really fits with the alien environments. Like it really does feel like you're there. Sure. This is a game that I wish worked with VR, to be honest with you. <laughs> it probably wouldn't work, but from a view, it it, it would be, it feel like it'd be right at home. 
So we're going to get to other ways to play this. (laughs) Yeah. VR thought. Okay. Before that, I I would like to mention, you know, when this game came out, it's, this is a lot darker than Nintendo games tend to get. Mm. Like, Mm-hmm. Yes, and not just in terms of like tone, but literally darker. Like, there's not a whole lot of lighting in some areas, where it's hard to see. It's unnerving. It got you on edge, and you know if you've got a light on them in the room, you might as well be fucked. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially with old CRTs that had the doming effect. So, <laughs> right, right. So it's I, I do find that interesting that they were willing to go that dark with it. And I know it wasn't a first party developed game, but like you said, it was still Nintendo's hand was very much present through the development yeah. process. They, it, they had to get the Nintendo OK. And I feel like this game really captured, you know, when when Metroid was originally created, they were trying to emulate the idea of a video game that is alien. Right. It was inspired by Ridley Scott. And so when you get to this one, like they really nail that feeling. Mm. You feel alone. You don't feel helpless, but you feel overpowered and the odds are stacked against you. And I mean, you may as well be, you know, (laughs) Ripley running around trying to fight a xenomorph. Like that's what they try to fight a lot of the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and well, you uh, add in a, the creepy atmosphere w- along with like the even creepy music is just mm-hmm. as a total package it, it just has that just that vibe right no matter no matter the graphic quality in in you know 2002 the whole package combines to be a really cohesive like creepy alone vibe it's it's almost yeah it's not survival horror but it feels in that direction for at least for nintendo well and, yes and and once again spoiler warning this is part of the story, but at the end of this game, an event happens that creates one of the kind of the worst antagonists in the series where your <laughs> suit, you lose, you lose your, um, uh, the, the suit made from, uh, what's the phase on phase on. Yeah. Okay. You lose the phase on suit and it, okay. it, it reawakens sentient, as Dark Samus. Oh, is that where it comes from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Again, my and Smash so, Brothers yeah. lore is not up to speed, so yeah. I know Dark Samus. Funnily, funnily enough, your chorizo you keep mentioning. <laughs> you know that uh, Chozo statue that comes alive and you fight it in Super Metroid? Yeah. It's called a Torizo. <laughs> I'll see. I could make games. I know how to name things. It's a spicy statue. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so well, in the lore in this game, though, the Chozo. Okay. <laughs> yes, they're not. Are they in these games in the lore, or is it separate from them? Like the Phazon stuff. No, is, no, is no. A whole other uh, thing, right? The Chozo the, lore is very much present and yeah. heavily expanded upon in these the whole okay. trilogy. The planet okay. you land on is actually a Chozo, uh, like a a community that had that had basically separated themselves. They are Chozo, but they had decided it, yeah. to live. But they had decided to live like on the land, not with their not with the Chozo technology. And then that's okay. when the impact of the Phazon uh, meteorite hit. And they okay. have a prophecy knowing that Samus is coming. Mm-hmm. And so they basically kind of put <laughs> a lock on. Chozo one. Yeah. But they basically kind Shut of put a, a, a sort of a lock on this, this, um, this asteroid meteorite, whatever. And then put the, the, uh, the artifacts that she needs to collect around for her to collect. And then okay. hopefully she can defeat. And that's, that's the whole, like, so when I said, we haven't talked about who, you know, who was on the planet. It's the Chozo, but it's all, it's a, okay. it's not the Chozo she grew up with. It's a colony that separated themselves. Right. Okay. If I, if my lore is right. Yeah. See, it's interesting. I know there's a manga uh, uh, for Metroid backstory and I wish I could, I need to find a copy of it, read through it because I know after playing dread, there's a whole lot of backstory that I'm missing and it's not necessarily covered in the games that I played. 
Like I, for me, the big gaps are, I mean, I haven't played other M and I haven't played fusion. I played the other 2d games, but those two I miss. And those are the two that I think have a lot of lore to them. And of course the prime trilogy, I've only played a little bit of the first game. I really I should play these. Well, I've, <laughs> I haven't played other M, but there's also a lot of backstory that comes from the manga. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The manga is sort of uh, Samus's origin story, and it's actually like the earliest in the timeline introduction to both Samus and Ridley. So their connection goes all the way back to her childhood. Is this like a Pokemon yeah. Red? Ridley's just Gary and took no, the plant type Pokemon. No. Ridley killed her, uh, her parents. Right. And so the Chozo adopted her. Right. And oh, so I that's see. why, okay. that's why she's so connected with the Chozo and their technology is because she was raised by Chozo after her parents right. were okay. murdered. Yeah. And I don't think any of that was explained until the manga. I mean, Miyamoto might've had that dancing around the back of his head for years and never brought it to the game's lore. But that's ultimately where it is. Okay, interesting. Uh, see, I, w- I wish Nintendo would. I wish it would release more of these games. Like, it's, it's such a. It's there's so few and far between, and I know they don't sell as well as the other franchises. Uh, I want to say actually, it was um, Metroid Prime is that was the best selling Metroid, basically until we got Dread, right? So I mean, it's, it's, there's so few and far between. They don't do nearly as well as Mario and Zelda, which is a shame because I really do like this this IP in this franchise. I wish there's more of them because the story is interesting. And this is like the only sci-fi IP they got really, except for Star Fox. So, um, okay. So we, we should talk about, obviously switch remaster is out. We have not played that version. I'm sure it's fantastic. We've been watching the gameplay yeah. footage on YouTube, which is, it looks really great, but there are other ways don't to play this game. Nintendo. And I don't want to encourage piracy, <clears throat> but <laughs> there's a, there's well, a certain aspect of, of emulation for this. That is incredi- incredibly cool, uh, Sinistar, if you want to talk about that. I, I will go as far to say as, as um, if you own Metroid Prime or Met- Metroid Prime Trilogy or whatever, and you don't have a method to play it, but you own it, you can play it on your PC or on your Steam Deck or, or, or other options through, there are multiple emulators. There's the Dolphin emulator, but there's a, a group of people or an individual. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually researched who did the, the fork, but they forked dolphin. It's actually, I think hosted even in dolphin source code at this point, but there's a version of dolphin called prime hack that very specifically was, uh, meant to modernize the controls in particular. Um, and right. so, if you play it on a PC or on a Steam Deck or whatever, you can on a PC you can use keyboard and mouse if you want. Uh, on a Steam Deck, obviously you can use dual stick. Um, uh, you know all of these kind of nice creature comforts that we have today. And um, in fact, it was funny. I spun it up via Prime Hack today, and the first time I went into the Morph Ball, I was trying to move the camera. <laughs> And it wouldn't move. The camera wouldn't move. I'm like, what's wrong with this thing? And what's funny is it actually tracks where you've, where you've moved your view. So when you come right. out of the, the ball, the morph ball mode, like I was looking at my feet cause I'd like moved the camera way down. So, um, no prime hack is, is, uh, it. So once again, if you own it, but you don't have a way to play it on modern equipment. Yeah. Um, guild free just pick it up and emulator and play yeah. it that way yeah yeah um but it on top of the the nice creature comforts for controls that they changed um you can also get some hd packs uh it also has some built-in enhancements where it'll do anti-aliasing or you know upscaling like anastrop uh, yeah anyway um but I wanted to bring up, you said, you know, this would be great in VR. It's not truly VR, but Prime Hack does have stereoscopic enhancements if you want to turn it on. 3D stereoscopic enhancements. Yeah. Interesting. I'm worried it'd make me sick, but I kind of want to play it anyway. <laughs> it's that same <laughs> curiosity like No Man's Sky. Playing No Man's Sky in VR is a whole trip. And I remember playing that. It's better now, but when it first supported VR, kind of. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was definitely a vomit comet of a ride, but it was a really cool thing to play. I wouldn't mind trying Metroid <laughs> Prime that way as well. 
that's interesting. Yeah. But I know I watched some video footage um, of the Prime Hack, and that group did an amazing job with modifying the textures. They look amazing. And yeah. the, the big the big problem, I think, for me with playing, like we said before, you know, 16 sprites and stuff still hold up for me today. It's hard for me to go back to early 3D because of like the jaggy. The, the aliasing mm-hmm. is really bad on the older titles. And I mean, they were fine for the time, but nowadays it really is noticeable. So modern emulators do have that that smoothness to the edges that even just t- ticking that one box is night and day different on the graphic quality. Uh, improving the controls is also a big plus. I, I mean, we've said before about Nintendo, they are something else when it comes to their control design. They always have to be special with their controllers, and I can appreciate right. that, but 30 years later, 20 years later, when you're trying to emulate these things, you kind of lose something if you're not playing on original hardware. So I'm glad that something like Prime Hack exists. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for those that have a Steam Deck, um, it plays fantastically on the Steam Deck um, via the Prime Hack uh, Emu Deck tie-in. So, yep. Now, I, I do want to bring up, I know a lot of people sort of shat on the Metroid Prime Remastered for Switch, but I don't know. I feel like this is not nearly as greedy as Nintendo tends to be because, I mean, it's a first-party release that's $40 instead of 60 And you're like, you know, you can argue, well, it's a, a 20-year-old game. It should be. But how much development did they really need to do for sure. Link's Awakening? And <laughs> that one was yeah. a $60 game. So, and people praised that one. So yeah. I feel like, you know, there's no, different my, expectations from different arms of the fandom, I guess. My only real, I guess, gripe uh, is I, I think bringing this game to a new generation or to a older generation that has newer hardware, right? Take your pick, however you want to look at it. Um, I think it has a lot of value and I think $40 is honestly a fair value. I really do think it's a fair value. My one argument is when they released the prime trilogy for the Wii, it was what a $60 game for all three, right? Like that's my one, my one complaint is if, you know, if they release all three of these for, $40 each, you know, over time, whether it's on the switch or whatever the next, you know, device is that, that feels just a little greedy to me. It's not as bad as some, right? I, I would contend that the difference there is that for the trans transfer from GameCube to Wii was literally just a swap. Like it was controls, right? That's all they had to do. Whereas this is a full makeover right sure it's it's not a change like it might be a little change of physics but for the most part it's it's a full visual makeover and that takes a lot of man hours to do so i i appreciate that and i can honestly see nintendo every four to six months dropping another one and being like maybe in six to eight months we'll get metroid prime 2 and then another six to eight months after that, we'll get Metroid Prime 3. And then another six to eight months after that, we'll finally get Prime 4. That way, the whole four of them are on the Switch, right? Because oh, they announced yeah. four six years ago. Yeah, 2017, yeah. right? And they haven't, like, the last time they mentioned anything about it was 2019 and being like, yeah, we couldn't do it, so we had to farm it out again. Mm. Yeah, so it's starting over. It. They, yeah, they like, absolutely, they they've restarted that game at least twice now, and that's the problem because they, they've now yeah. gone back to Retro Studios to to do Metroid Prime 4. So that, that sounds like a good is, plan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if Elder Scrolls can did take ten years to make a game, why can't Nintendo? So it's fine. Well, I mean, Retro Studios doing the next, yes, that you too. know, Prime yeah. game like that to me makes sense. And Wolf, yeah. just to touch on your point, I I actually agree. Like I said, I feel like it's it, it's not as greedy as some. Is I guess yeah. what my point is. Yeah. It it's, doesn't feel it's as not as, as it it sure I, like you can make an argument that it maybe should have been thirty dollars instead of forty, but overall, like the fact that they're bringing it to yeah. a new console, they're not charging full price for it, and a new generation. And, yeah, and you know, th- you know, Switch. Yeah, the controls are not quite perfect with when you compare to like Xbox or PlayStation, but it's still 
modern control scheme. Mm-hmm. And it's not the wonky GameCube controller or, you know, Wii <laughs> remote, remote with you know, the nunchuck. It's, <laughs> it's actually a, a, a realistic modern control scheme, not a gimmicky yeah. control scheme or a weird ass controller. So yeah. Points for that too. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> And, and, uh, Hey, your point of, you know, maybe this is what's going to push them till they release prime four. Like that might be like, maybe there's a plan. Maybe it's, you know, over two years, they released these three and then we have prime four. They didn't give us much notification for prime remastered, right? It was like a month or something. So yes and no. So there was, so there's a few different gaming, uh, critics that have been following for last couple of years and, the original rumors that were swirling around Nintendo was that they were releasing a prime trilogy remaster. And that's what was mm-hmm. the pre- prevalent rumor for at least two years. And then when they finally came and announced it, just the first game, a lot of the critics who were announcing this rumor felt really stupid because they they thought it was a whole trilogy because to them trilogy made sense. They had it on the, on the Wii. Why not remaster the trilogy? Right. But Nintendo chose to do just the one. So after what I've saw, there's a, there's a couple of critics. One in particular says he has sources at Nintendo that have said they've put a lot of work into Metroid Prime Remaster. And they actually had it done, at this point, it's been about a year before they released it. They were kind of saving it as a, a rainy day drop. When there's a dry spell, we need to release something, we're going to drop it. And they've done that before for other games. Um, so it was, it was something they've done, they completed well before. They are supposed to be doing two and three as well, but they're not, they're said to not be doing the same level of effort as primary master unless primary master sells gangbusters, maybe. But from what I understand, they're going to just, they're just going to do like a light remaster, uh, probably reuse textures where it makes sense to, and the resolution goes up and the controls obviously, but it's not going to look as good as prime uh, remaster. So we're probably still going to get them, but it won't look as nice. I think is what I've been told or I've been, I've been hearing. I mean, if, if that's what they're doing, then better hope that the next ones are 30 bucks a pop. <laughs> or they release two and three of the collection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I, I worry because you look at what, what they released recently, like Mario galaxy. I mean, they had that Mario 3d compilation and stuff. And yeah, at least to primary master, it sounds like what they did change made sense and works. Whereas the issues they had with the, the 3d collection were not so good for Mario. So I don't, we'll, it, we'll see. If, yeah. It is a weird decision though, to do it this way. If they are going to keep make releasing the trilogy because the drop off from entry to entry, like there's going to be drop off regardless. You're going to have people yeah. who play the first one who aren't going to be interested in the second one. And they're definitely not going to be interested in the third one. Had they packaged it as like, even if they'd done $70 for all three together, I think people oh, would yeah. a bit because it's mm-hmm. the collection. It's three games. Shit. Yeah. I'll yeah. pay $70 for three games. That's the, you know, that's how right. people think. It's a deal. It's yeah. three games for 70 bucks. Right. And, you know, like you're going to have the sales through on all this because people are excited. Like collections sell, right? There's there's nobody in the right mind who would say that a, a trilogy isn't worth this, worth the 60, 70 bucks. There's nobody. It's a, right. an insane, right. yeah. great package, right? You're talking the, the best in 3D of the period in one compilation would be amazing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, because like, I, I, Metroid was never Nintendo does not consider Metroid one of its better sellers. It never has, and it doesn't do the the the, the same numbers. Like Metroid Dread numbers right now, I think they might have hit 10 million sales. So when you hold up Metroid Dread versus like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, it's nowhere oh near the same league. Tears of the what Kingdom sold 10 million in the first weekend, right? Right. So you look up Dread, <laughs> Dread I think is 10 million after a year. So if it's even that. So it, it doesn't have the same numbers. So I think maybe Nintendo's hesitant to put the same number of resources into Metroid, which is a shame for people who like the damn series. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. I'm sad. We'll probably I'm, not see another sequel to Metroid Dread for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, as I've always May, been a fan of Metroid. Yeah, As of May 2022, uh, Dread had sold 2.9 million copies worldwide. Ooh. That's it. And that's damn. a fantastic... Critics oh, play loved it. it. Play it. Dread's amazing. Yeah. And it Dread didn't was even hit really 3 good. million. And didn't it, even hit 3 it million. nailed. Dread really nailed the horror aspect that I think they've always wanted from a Metroid game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It oh, put yeah, you those, on those edge. Creatures it was nerve wracking. 
Yeah, those creatures that come at you where you're like, you can't escape them until you defeat them. Like, yeah. that's just, that's terrifying. <laughs> Every yeah. time I fight yeah. one of those, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this down now. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, same. I would get through, yeah. I'd go through a bunch of the game and I'd get to that part. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, ah, crap. <laughs> and then, you know, you're working your way through it. You finally finish that segment, beat one of them. It's like, all right. I need a break from this for a day or two. Yeah, just <laughs> just put it down. I uh, would. And, I every time I would beat one of those, I'd put the game down for a day or two. It'd be like, all right, now M- I can come back to it. Emmy, right or E M M I? Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. Every time I defeat one of those, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm gonna go play something. I'm gonna go play. Uh, you know, uh, Power Wash Simulator now. <laughs> <laughs> And then they show up in that okay. man. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. Okay. So, and the, I mean, I think, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say like this game, this also really nailed how scary Metroids are supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You play Metroid one and the Metroids are infuriating. I wouldn't say they're scary. They're just right. rage inducing because they jump on Samus's head. You can barely move. It's a pain in the ass. But when you're cruising through these dark corridors and you can just faintly see that light off in the distance and you know you're going to have to deal with it. Mm. And they're usually a pain in the ass. Like, they're scary in this. Metroids Mm. are scary in Prime and it's great. Mm -hmm. Like, in Super Metroid... There are Metroids in this game? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think, think honestly... You laugh, but not every Metroid game has Metroids in it. So I I, didn't realize it was in Prime. And that's because this takes place between one and two before she eradicates them. Oh, okay. They're still being weaponized, and this time with Phazon. (laughs) Yes, I I I know Metroid 1 had Metroids, but to your point, they were just... To me, they were always just another enemy, right? The Metroids. In this... To your point, Wolf, I feel like they earned the name. Like yeah. in Metroid Prime, I feel like they earned Metroid, the name that belongs to the series, right? Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I, okay. Yeah. I think Metroid Prime will ever be the series. I wish I could go back to and stick with it. I know the scanning of items and tags like the scanning system put me off and maybe, maybe the slower pace, but I think if I had to play it now, I'd probably be a little more receptive to it. I got to play it. It, do the I style is just so nailed. Do I hear Sisyphe in 2024? How long is it? Is it like 20 hours or is it less than that? Uh, let's see. Let's see. It's like the way, if it's like, I don't want another long ass game. Battletoads is kicking my ass. I'll, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm going to be spinning that wheel of pain this year. I think it's 13 and a half hours. So how long to beat? Oh, that's not bad. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, you're, you're taking on battle toads. The time, the time that you play battle toads is not because it's a long game. It's because yeah. it beats you down over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I've put 40 hours in the battle toads. I worked it out. I put 40 hours worth of battle toads so far and, I've, and I've, I'm not even halfway through the freaking game. So, <laughs> all right. Any last words on Prime? And then we can get to our business. Um, Uh, As much as I like the game, I just, I don't gravitate toward the Prime trilogy as much as I do the 2D ones like you, I'm sure. But uh, still an excellent game. I just don't think fondly back on it the way I think fondly back on Super Metroid or Fusion or, you know, which is a bummer because it is a great game. But I think the switch to first person Helps in a lot of ways, but hurts in that way for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah I feel that. I'm quickly scanning a list here. Yeah. <laughs> checking my your backup mind picks. palace. I'm checking my mind okay. palace and failing because they're all the games I was going to pick are already there. Well, I have, so I have one. <laughs> All right, before you start, so just to discuss what we're doing here is at Press B, we are doing uh, Press B's top 100 list, 100 games we think you need to play, the best that we, according to us. And we've been slowly picking our nominees each each week, and then we're going to end it off with a, a big episode later this year where we break down that list. So we're all going to nominate a, a game to add to this list that is retro. And Sinistar, what's your pick this week? 
I'm copping out, baby. Metroid Prime. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was wondering if one of you was going to do that. Wait, wait, That's wait. Was that what you were going to pick? No. I was thinking Super oh. Metroid, but well, we have okay. Zero Mission on there already. So no, I, I was going to say, if I, if I don't do Prime, I'm going to do Super Metroid. So, you know. Is that too much Metroid? Is Super on the Metroid list, not on there yet? No, well, we have Zero Mission. We don't have Super Metroid. Super Metroid's the better really? game. Anyway, that's fine. I'm going with Metroid Prime. Okay, for all the reasons we just discussed. <laughs> <laughs> Cop out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wolf, do you got a pick? I. You know what? I think I do. <laughs> Let me just double check real quick and make Metroid sure it's Prime on the 2. list. No, 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 no. Okay, it's it doesn't look like it's on the list. Twisted Metal Two. Ooh. Now, so why two and not years? one? Is because two them? is multiplayer. One was not. Oh, now, okay. Now, All right. was Twisted Metal within our our two thousand? Did we say two thousand five? Oh, was I it? Think it was 2005. Oh, was, was it? I later? thought it was. No, no, no. This is just top 100 games. I thought we. No, well, we have, a, we have a, a. We have time period. Older though. games than this on here. Well, I thought. No, I thought we'd said the newest was going to be 2005. But I'm looking. Yeah. Twisted Metal's. Oh, Twisted Metal. Yeah, is you're like good. You're good. 96. Yeah, 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Twisted Metal Two. Okay. Because. That game was just so much fun. I can't tell you how many times my buddy and I rented that game on Friday after school. We'd go straight to the rental place, rent it, and go back to either my place or his and hang out for a few hours and play it and then do it again on Saturday, right? And then if we weren't busy on Sunday, maybe do it again or return it, right? So (laughs) that was an excellent game. It was a lot of fun. It had tons of secrets. It had the the weird endings and like so many non-canon endings and then the real ending that you didn't know which one was the real until you play three, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the secrets now. There are parts of the map you could blow up to kind of reveal mm-hmm. things. Or, yeah, I remember that now. That game was and actually it had a, really it had some, Yeah, It had some really wild level design too because you had stages that were simple like, you know, just a hole in the ground that you're driving around shooting at each other. And then, and I think that was Moscow. And then you have one like Hong Kong where it's an entire just downtown city area. And there's like multiple floors to it and places to hide. And, oh man, it was so good. And the number of characters that were playable, the different ways they played, it was huge. You had, there was one suburbia, which was just supposed to be LA, like the LA suburbs, Mm. massive stage, right? Like, Mm. Mm-hmm. Is it was good. Like Twisted Metal 2 really brought home what Twisted Metal was trying to do and let you play two players in the same house, right? The same machine. So I gotta ask, are you excited for the, the Twisted Metal TV show yes! that's coming out soon? I didn't even know that was a thing until I watched Game Fest, okay? And <laughs> I like Will Arnett, I like Anthony Mackey. That looked super cheesy, but also fun. I am ready. Weird. I love the actors. I don't know about that show, though, man. I don't know. I hope it's good, though, because I love Will Arnett, and he's him voicing Sweet Tooth. It seems so great to me. But so, yeah. Do you all remember the commercials? And I think it was for. I don't think it was for two. I think if it was for one of the later Twisted Metal games. But they're it. They're in the van, and there's like all of the like little clown characters are like filling the gas tank, and one of them is like, you know. And 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 Sweet Tooth is trying to like check the oil, and he keeps saying to the guy in the in the vent, the HUD, and the wipers turn on, and you know and the, the HUD. HUD. Yeah, my my roommates <laughs> and I one night we, we I refer to this as the um the uh like uh, I have a phrase for a bad idea. It's a two a.m. idea one of those ideas that you come up with at 2 a.m. and then the next morning you wake up and you're like oh wait that's not a good idea at all <laughs> um we were in that delirium it was like 2 2 30 in the morning that commercial came on and it just stuck in our brain 
And so even to this day, one of my buddies and I will look at each other every once in a while, just the HUD. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. That's pretty good. All right. So we got Twisted Metal 2. And then Sinistar, you you picked Metroid Prime. Okay. Um, (laughs) I copped out. Actually, do we have on this list? We don't. My choice is Mario Kart. Now I'm trying to think of which one. I'm a huge Mario Kart fan. It's one of my favorite mm. games to play with my kids. To be fair, we were playing a lot of the the Switch, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is out of scope for our list. I love the SNES Mario Kart uh, multiplayer. Uh, the battle mode is great. I think I'm going to go with Mario Kart 64, though. I think Mario Good Kart 64, man. it's a fantastic game. The, the realization of the tracks in 3D, it's one of the better playing games of the... The zoom mechanic, the uh, the drifting mechanic where you get the speed boost was really great on the N64. So I think N64 yeah. Mario Kart would be my pick for this list. I know people love Double Dash. I couldn't get into that as much. For me, it was N64. After that, it was the Wii. Same. Wii and Onward I love. but Yeah, so yeah Mario story. Kart 8 was good, but N64 is my top. And I'm not a big Double Dash fan. I know people love it. Yeah. Not me. Anyway, so, go ahead, Sinistar. Sorry. Fun, fun Mario Kart story. And this was one of the GameCube ones. I don't remember which, but our kids were growing up. Sisters and my kids were growing up and she walked upstairs one day and they were playing whatever Mario Kart and it was the mode select. And it said, you know, of course, Grand Prix, right? And she says, oh, Grand Prix. And the kids look at her dead face thinking they're totally right and said, it's Grand Prix, mom. It's Grand Prix. <laughs> And she, she like, I think either she walked away or she couldn't convince them. And then later on, I walk in and I, oh, Grand Prix. And they just kind of like, okay. <laughs> French is a beautiful language. Yes. Uh-huh. What can we say? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. I mean, so we have our, our list for the top 100 and we talked about Metroid Prime. Does anybody want to shut anything out or no? Um, I got nothing this week. I've been busy as hell. I'm just trying to play games. I'm trying to play Zelda. My wife is is really pushing me to pick up Diablo 4, so that might be something I'll be playing, but we'll see. What do you as guys? long as it's not for Mac. <laughs> We're sorry, Whoopi Goldberg. Wait, <laughs> except for, hold on, hold on. Apple announced their game compatibility, whatever's coming. They They announced a thing. It's based on some like 2006 wine compatibility thing. It's fine. It'll work. Max fine. You know, I don't mind Max. I tell you, I don't care about Max. They're fine. They have their place, but they've never been for gaming. No. Apple knows. I mean, they're great. They're, they're fine machines, but yeah. And Rooster don't... Teeth even had a, a joke about it. They did a whole video about that joke. Did nice. They? Okay. And don't, yeah, don't... Gus was talking about how... Uh, how Apple is the, the Mac is the machine for gaming, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. Look it up if you've never seen it. It's funny. And you well, know, I mean, don't growing up, I had that one friend who's like, but Marathon's on Mac. I'm like, yeah, okay, Marathon's really good, but everything <laughs> else is on here PC. Soon. Yes, yeah. well, well, we'll see how Blizzard, Marathon that is. I think Blizzard used to release games on Mac. Wasn't StarCraft and Warcraft on Mac back in the days? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like the OG. Yeah. In fact, I, I remember like the CD said PC slash Mac on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It had games. But, yeah. So, so Blizzard, Android, you know, Blizzard left Mac. It wasn't Mac leaving Blizzard. No. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I've been playing a lot of uh, Microsoft flight sim. If you're into flight sims, it's gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. That's what 200 gigs so. to install. <laughs> 180 and and oh man they serve out of their azure web servers which you'd think would be fine i on my gigabit download was getting at points four megabit really i so slow that seems crazy for microsoft that's like that's their thing is azure and when you have a game like that it should be i mean even steam gives me 20 half the time like yeah that's wild. Now there was there was a because uh, I work I work with cloud computing. There was a uh, portal, an Azure portal outage today. Oh well, that's all your fault. <laughs> Very much so. Well, anyway, how about you? What yeah. have you been playing? I have been playing Tears of the Kingdom. 
I waited until I found it secondhand for 50 bucks, and I've been having a blast. So me and you can do an episode on that in about six months. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long it's going to take to finish it. Basically. If you play one game. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, for those that don't, Tears of Kingdom is a fantastic Zelda game. The The building aspect to it is next level. If you don't mind spoilers, go check out Hyrule Engineers on Reddit. There's just bonkers <laughs> stuff that people do. Meanwhile, me, I'm just sticking a control stick to a fan and riding around like a Segway. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't Wait, you can do that? Engineers. <laughs> you can. That's why you I don't use horses. Simple? Who needs horses when I have a Segway that flies? It's great. That's awesome. funny. I didn't realize yeah. you could do that. That's awesome. Yeah, man. The well, I'll save it for the episode. But I've I've got some impressive. Uh, it, it's pretty impressive tech that they put in this game. Yeah. No, we we so definitely like need to do an episode in the future for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. I think that's an episode. Like and subscribe. Yeah, link and subscribe. Check out our website, pressbeatcancel.com. Check the link for Discord. Please give us a shout. And you guys have a great and wonderful day. The hood. Thank <laughs> you.